the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We're talking about the next generation with the team of Generation Distinct. You're listening to The Common Good. Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Common Good. Good afternoon. My name is Audrey Sampson. Happy Juneteenth, everybody. Uh, we have a very special show today because my regular co-host, Brian Fromm, is on vacation. And when he goes on vacation, I bring my friends in the house. I love it. Let's do it. It's so fun. So I am joined by Hannah Granowski Barnett, Aaron Barnett, and Patrick McGuire, who collectively make up the part of the team, not the whole team, but part of the team of Generation Distinct. If you don't know what Generation Distinct is, Hannah, I'm just going to jump in here with you. Can you talk to us about what (laughs) is this ministry, this name that I've been talking about, Generation Distinct? Yes. Well, we're so excited to be here. This is so fun. Uh, Generation Distinct, essentially, we use conversations around passion, purpose, and justice to bring the next Mm. generation into conversations about Jesus, the gospel, and the Great Commission, Um, really believing, man, what if we could reach the next generation by simply talking about the things that they're already talking about? Yeah. But showing them how that leads them directly back to the one who gave them a heart for justice, for passion, and for purpose. And so that's good. Jesus himself. That's and so, so good. we help young leaders discover the wrong they were born to make right. We have an online program. It's a virtual experience, six month long, that trains them how to discover that and then really helps kind of send them out to be a missional force in the mm. world in their unique way. Mm. All right. I, we are going to unpack that later because I'm very excited to hear more about that. But before we do, I want you each to introduce yourselves. Talk to me about what you do at Generation Distinct and then just in general, like what you're passionate about. So, Patrick, can I put you on the spot because you're the newest Gen D team member, yes. at least that I've gotten to know. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, so I've been uh, working with Gen D now for almost a year in August as the cohort director. And so as we have aspiring young leaders who, you know, are uh, wanting to discover that wrong that Hannah talked about mm-hmm. and... Um, really just discover their passions and their voice. And uh, as they're going through the content that we've put together, um, I just come alongside and kind of recruit some other facilitators. And we just kind of walk them through that process. And we're there to bounce ideas off of them. We're there to say, hey, what do we see in them? Mm. What can we call out of them? What do we identify? Uh, As well as just be an additional perspective for them. Sometimes when we're so stuck in our own story, Mm -hmm. um, we can be blind to those different spots that God is kind of tailor making for us and for our lives. I I don't want to interrupt you, Patrick, but like, I feel like I need that. Like right now, like, could you tell me, like, I'm like in my forties and I'm like, I don't know what to do with my life. And so the fact that you Uh, are all doing that collectively pouring into the next generation, I think is so important. Yes, absolutely. Very cool. Absolutely. Patrick does such an amazing job of, you know, he, he's a facilitator himself, but he's raising up this team of now other facilitators as well. Mm -hmm. He's the one training them and 
He's a powerhouse. Yeah, that's yep. awesome. That's awesome. Work is uh, best done in teams. Yeah, is that's my approach absolutely to that. right. So. That's absolutely right. More, yeah. more and more organizations, especially around the church, mm. need to understand that. Yes. So absolutely. Okay, Aaron, I love you. You talk to us about what you do <laughs> yeah. at Gendy, which isn't your primary, yeah, yeah. It's not your only thing. Yeah. We're going to dive into more of who Aaron is later, but talk to us about your role at Gendy. Yeah. So I get to serve alongside these incredible leaders and so many more on our team, but um, what I get to do with Generation Distinct is my my official title is Partnerships Director. Um, and so uh, Generation Distinct is doing a lot of cool things when it comes down to partnering with the local church. We yeah. don't want to be the heroes at, at uh, uh, Generation Distinct. We want to be mm-hmm. uh, known as people that actually partner with the local mm-hmm. church and yeah. let the local church be the hero. That's yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, that's one one thing that I really do, and then um, also help with um, facilitation of yeah. uh, cohorts and cohort calls and calling up young leaders, making sure they're spiritually full, spiritually cool. healthy, and just yeah, thriving. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's so fun, and you get to do it with your wife. Yeah. I don't know if that was clear when <laughs> yeah. we said we're here with Aaron Barnett and Hannah Grudnowski yeah. Barnett, but that's okay. kind of a yeah. fun little bonus too. Yeah, yeah, it's so fun serving with the wife. Yeah. It's awesome. All right, Hannah, and you're sort of the founder and brainchild behind Generation Distinct. Talk to us about your role. Yeah, in many ways, I I feel like I just get the role of gathering amazing leaders Mm -hmm. and simply watching God do amazing Mm -hmm. things through them. I mean, our team is is wild and, Mm -hmm. and talented and gifted and the cool thing is that Generation Instinct, I mean, we only launched our program publicly about a year and a half ago. And wow. so in the whole scheme of things, you know, this was a this is a dream since I was 16 years old. I'm 27 yeah. now. So it's been 10 years in the making. Um, a lot of behind the scenes work for a lot of years. Mm-hmm. But now is it's, it's still in its first year or two of actually seeing young leaders go through the program. Mm-hmm. And so that's really exciting. But it also means we're a pretty young organization in general. And yeah. so um, the majority of our staff are volunteers. Like they have other things they're doing with their life. They have full-time jobs. They have families. They have careers. Um, but this is the thing that they invest their life into yeah. because they just really believe mm-hmm. in this yep. vision. Yep. And that's not the goal forever, right? Right. <laughs> right. To grow and fund. Patrick is like, amen. Hey. <laughs> right. Eventually, you know, we want to continue to build out our staff, but um, it's it's been humbling. We have about ten staff members who um, only two of us are, are paid, and the rest are all volunteer. Wow, it's amazing! And um, it's amazing. We just brought another intern, and so my role really gets to be um, casting a vision for what I believe God has called us to do, mm-hmm. and watching. Mm-hmm. And this is proof that it's God' vision, not mine, because people are attracted to want to be a part yeah. of it, and I can't I can't cast vision great mm-hmm. enough to attract right. people right. only mm-hmm. a vision right. from god can actually yeah. invite people into something yeah. larger than ourselves so, so um yeah I, I get the chance to do that and and really my favorite part though is hands down just the young leaders and getting the conversations and hearing the dreams and the stories mm-hmm. and really having that front row seat to what to what god is doing in the lives of the next generation hannah yeah. something you said i i do want to dig in in a little bit um more about what gen d actually is and what you do but something you said just really struck me the fact that you've been dreaming about this and working behind the scenes for 10 years and yeah. i know your team has been working behind the scenes a lot before you launched this publicly i think a lot of people looking from the outside at any organization like mm-hmm. this might go, oh, that's an overnight, quote yes. unquote, success. Yes. That mm-hmm. happened. They just right. came out of nowhere. Right. right. So I'm struck by the fact that this is 10 years yeah. in the making and the endurance that that took and, yeah. this, and the private work that that took um, 
before you went public? And I don't really even know the question I want to ask, but can you speak to the importance of that? Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, it is really interesting because we're starting to get that, right? So we've had about um, almost 80 young leaders go through our program in our first year, mm-hmm. which is really exciting. Yeah. And again, so cool. it's not even just those 80. It's those 80 leaders are being sent out to go impact so many other people. I yeah. mean, it's yeah. wild when we really unpack that. We can talk more about that later. But we're starting to have some people say things like, wow, this is such an exciting season. You guys just got started and it's growing so fast. How mm. amazing. And sometimes I just want to look back at them and say, are you kidding? Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm, not just yeah. I'm exhausted, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and it's been this 10-year yeah. marathon already. Yeah. And I think that's really kind of God in my life. Mm. Um, I would be very easily tempted with my personality set to want to go after things for a short amount of time and get that quick success. Totally. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think God just knew that if I was going to build something that lasted, I needed to show that I was committed to it and Mm -hmm. go through the ups and the downs and the trials and the setbacks. And, Mm -hmm. and so, um, I, I really do believe that this generation, especially we've been taught that things should be fast, right? We put something in a microwave and so get it back true. 30 seconds yeah. later and uh, we post something mm-hmm. on TikTok mm-hmm. and we can have thousands and thousands of views yeah. mm-hmm. seconds right. later. Yeah. Um, but I really do believe that in kingdom economy, you know, so often we want the reward that feels good here on earth, yeah. but I really do see that time after time we see that God focused way more on the eternal reward and the eternal reward was not quick, right? I mean, Jesus could have come to earth and as soon as he was old enough, you know, from, from people's perspective, Mm -hmm. finished his ministry, started the church and left, right? Or even he could have recruited the disciples and a week later sent them out to build the church. I mean, he's God, Mm -hmm. he can do anything, but there was something about that three year Mm -hmm. in the process in the moments, mm-hmm. like life on life, doing mm-hmm. the hard work, displaying mm-hmm. a long-term commitment, this yeah. faithfulness, this long-term obedience in the same direction. Yeah. And so I think our generation um, actually needs to be stretched that, that nothing's an overnight success. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, so and actually it's sweeter when it's not. Mm-hmm. And, and I think um, if, if we as a generation can understand, we can build things fast that, that make a little bit of impact. Yeah. But I mm-hmm. think we, if we build things slow, yeah. They make a way more profound impact. The other thing that Brian and I say a lot on this show, too, is is the people that we're looking towards now are those who have been faithful for the long right. haul. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, it, because especially in this day and age when you're seeing so many pastors, quote unquote, celebrity pastors yeah, yeah. or whatever you want <laughs> that are falling, mm-hmm. failing yes. or just walking away. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. We're looking for um And I think when I say Brian and I are looking for, I mean, all of us right now, I think are looking for that, um, the leader who endures, right? And and endures in faithfulness and endures in mission. So the fact that you're even starting that way, I think Mm. is such a good um, sign that the Lord's hand is on Mm. this ministry. So um, Hannah, I want to start with you. Talk to us about how Generation Distinct began. Yes. You know, when I was... About 16 years old, I was kind of at that point in my life where I really wanted to change the world. I wanted to do great things with my life. Yeah. I wanted to live kind of this bigger story, but I I wasn't really sure where to start. And 
at this point in my life, when I was 16, I didn't know that that was so common, right? And now that I'm, you know, 27 and I'm so old and, and mature <laughs> so now. So mature. <laughs> yes, that's right. Um, but now I kind of know, I mean, that's a very common feeling in the next generation. Mm-hmm. We all get to that point where we're thinking, okay, I think my life is supposed to be bigger than myself. I think there's something more I could do. I, yeah. I have these dreams and these passions and ideas, yeah. but we just don't know where to start. And that moment really changes the trajectory of a person's life, whether they have people in their life that unleash whatever Mm -hmm. passion that was Mm -hmm. or stifle it or simply ignore it or Mm -hmm. they're just isolated in there by themselves. Like that will completely change the trajectory of their life and also of the passions that lie within them, whether Mm -hmm. those passions will be unleashed and and sent out to impact people or if those passions will never see the light of day. And so. Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful because at that point in my life, I had some people who saw something in me, mm-hmm. who saw leadership in me. They spoke to it and they gave me opportunity. And so yeah. as I was dreaming about, man, what what does it look like to change the world? What does it look like to make a difference? Naturally, I wanted to, you know, do something big and flashy and fast, right? We just talked about <laughs> how we want to do fast just things. About yes. That, yeah. <laughs> And I thought in my mind, you know, okay, I'm going to move to some, you know, developing country Mm -hmm. and start a school and it'll be so exciting and really... I'll get some good attention from it, right? Like, <laughs> I'll honest. post some really cute exactly. pictures online about that. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, or, you know, I'll rescue all these people out of human trafficking, or mm. I'll, you know, rescue homeless people off the street. Like, I thought it was going to be this glamorous, mm. exciting mm. story of me tackling injustice. And I just yeah. felt like God gave me this very clear vision over my life. And he said, Hannah, you're not called to solve all the injustice and wrong in the world. Instead, I want to use you to empower a generation to solve wrong things in the world. And in so doing will make a greater impact. Yeah, yeah. And so when I was 16 years old, I had this, you know, little whiteboard in my bedroom. And so I ran up to my oh, bedroom. Cool. I s- took out this whiteboard and I started drawing out these ideas and plans for what it would be like yeah. to truly help my generation not just know what they were passionate about, but somehow be mobilized and, and actually have some practical tools to help them accomplish that okay. passion. And yeah. later on, I would really recognize mm-hmm. the reason that mattered so much was I was starting to see so much of my generation, even as I got older, you know, have so much passion, all these ideas, and again, very little action mm-hmm. coming from their life. Right. So I was asking the question, why? Like, what? what's that gap? What's what's standing in the way between passion and action? And yeah. when I realized that missing piece was strategy, mm-hmm. they weren't having strategy. No one was giving mm-hmm. them strategy. They weren't no equipped one, at all. Really. They weren't yeah. equipped. No one yeah. was looking at them and even saying that their ideas were valid. Wow. Yeah. And so I thought, man, what if we could equip the most passionate people on the earth, which is always the next upcoming yep, generation totally. mm-hmm. with some really good practical yep. strategy and training and refining mm-hmm. how much more action, meaning how much more good things would we see launched yeah, in the world? How so much good. more justice and equality and unity would mm-hmm. we see unleashed in the world? So mm-hmm. that was the idea and the dream. Yeah. And then uh, fast forward, just continued to build and dream and ideate and build behind the scenes. We decided to create a six-month training program that's entirely virtual that trains young leaders on exactly what we just talked about. And Mm -hmm. so it took about two and a half years to build and beta test that behind the scenes. And then we launched it um, in the fall of 2020, had our first cohorts in early 2021. And now here we are and we've had young leaders from all over the world, I think about seven different countries now and all over the United States have this experience where they get to discover the wrong they were born to make right in a six-month six month program. Amazing. Yeah, thank you, Hannah, so for sharing that. 
Um, Aaron, one of the things yeah. that I, I want to talk to you about is really that, so we, we kind of heard from Hannah the why mm-hmm. and part of the what. I would love to hear from you about some of the heart behind yeah. the values at Gen mm-hmm. Yeah, such a great question. Um, man, I, would, I, I think I have to introduce uh, another question on top of that <laughs> yeah. while we start is, um, have you ever experienced like a leadership hurt or pain? Mm. Um, because I think when we experience pain or difficulty or trauma, um, sometimes even we ideate around ideas or maybe even the prophetic language of God that he wants to give us to speak out into existence yeah. and it's dismissed, it's overlooked. Mm. And as a result, I think you and I both can agree that there's a plethora of leaders out there mm that have experienced real trauma and yeah. real hurt absolutely um, based on their voice maybe not being heard or yeah. how they see the world or how could we build an organization mm. that really celebrates the beauty and the DNA of mm. Jesus. Mm-hmm. And when I think about Generation Distinct and what it's doing right, um, I immediately think about seeing a whole leadership pipeline of young leaders with their ideas and their dreams and the visions that God has uniquely instilled into them mm. the mm-hmm. desires of their heart mm. and saying, how do we unleash these yeah. mm-hmm. um, to yeah. see kingdom impact? And so when we talk about the heart, I think we have to talk about um, what have you experienced in your life mm-hmm. and how do we actually take the difficulty of what you experience and create a program mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that actually says, like, looks at you and, and sees you and, yeah. and values you. Yeah. A couple phrases that we use at uh, Generation Instinct is, I see in you. I believe in you. Mm-hmm. We're with you. We're mm-hmm. for you. Yeah. And um, and I think that's the beauty uh, in the heart of of the DNA of Generation yeah. Distinct is um, even the community from a community aspect. We see a lot of young leaders that they come on yes because they want to figure out what they're passionate mm-hmm. about, yeah. but they need a family to yeah. actually build it with. Yeah. And at Generation Instinct, we we really go after the heart of mm-hmm. the leader and say, hey, how do we fan your flame? How do we believe yeah. in you? How do we sit with you through the pain and the difficulties in your own life? Mm-hmm. Love that. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's just been really cool. It's been a really awesome journey since, you know, I met Hannah and just <laughs> been a part of the Generation Instinct yeah. program and being on these uh, cohort calls often more often than not, I, I mean, we just had an incredible cohort mm-hmm. call, um, our May yeah. cohort call. It was mm-hmm. unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I often close those laptops and look at Hannah <laughs> and look at Patrick or call Patrick up. And I'm like, we need millions of dollars <laughs> yeah. for what these young leaders want to yeah. do with their life. Yeah. Yeah, and awesome. um, and we just Amazing. get so fired up. And yeah. I'm, and it also reminds us, I mean, we'll cry in these calls. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll feel and empathize with the heart of the leader yeah. uh, across the screen. And it's just been really cool. It's been awesome what God's doing. So it's oh, awesome being able to fan the so flame of young beautiful. leaders. It's also yeah. like healing and transformative and hmm. you're doing like spiritual formation as much as you yeah. are empowering yeah. and equipping mm-hmm. people. It's so yeah. exciting. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. All right, Patrick, I, I want to hear from you because you're running these cohorts. You're mm-hmm. in the some of the detail work. So talk to yeah. us about mm-hmm. why talk to us about the model, but then why does it actually work for the next generation? Yes. Yeah, so um, our model, we've kind of it was initially four steps. We've kind of condensed it. 
um, as Hannah said, into a six-month program we call the Launch Your Passion Program. And really kind of through that process, um, you are exposed to 12 of the most prevalent injustices um, that we find in our world. And from there, we kind of dive into you know, uh, each participant's individual story, mm-hmm. the different chapters, if you will, that are uh, a part of that, the highs, the lows, the pivotal moments. Um, we just kind of dive into those aspects to it and uh, really just kind of helps to identify what those passions are, yeah. um, but not just what the passions are, but why they're there. And from that point, once we kind of figure out that why, we kind of hit Mm -hmm. that tension aspect to it. Mm -hmm. Once we get to that, then we can move forward into, okay, how are we going to use this? You know, your passion that you have. And so we kind of give them that opportunity to dream, which Mm -hmm. for some is a lot harder. For me, I'm all there. Like, I'll dream (laughs) all day. Um, So we get to kind of partner with them in that aspect and giving them some feedback And uh, after they kind of set that dream and just kind of open their heart to what God might have for them, you know, then we bring them to this place where uh, they choose one of five tracks that we have. So we have a mentorship track, we have a visionary track, an entrepreneurship track, um, an activist track, and an evangelism track. Awesome. I'm so glad I I nailed that. I thought I was was one. Well done, Patrick. Well done. A plus for the day. Yes, I'll take it. So uh, we bring them into those tracks, and in those tracks we have um, about eight weeks worth of podcasts, eight weeks worth of just interviews, Mm -hmm. of just questions that we ask them, and they just kind of get to focus in a little bit more and really develop that strategy that Hannah talked about. And at the end of that time, you know, we encourage them to walk away with goals that are attainable um, and goals that kind of push them Mm -hmm. a little bit as well Mm -hmm. and say, hey, I can't just do this on my own, Um, but, you know, it's something that I can do with God mm-hmm. with yeah. a community. Right. And that's the other aspect to it is as they're going through it, they're surrounded by a community. Mm-hmm. And when they get to the end of the program, we don't want to be the type of organization that's like, oh, cool, you completed our stuff. Bye. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. We're done with you. I was going to ask you about that. Yes. yes. So then what? So then after they go through that, uh, we invite them to be a part of our coalition Mm -hmm. uh, is what we're calling it. And that's just where these young leaders are coming together. They're sharing their dreams. They're sharing their visions. They've come from each of the different tracks and we're bringing them into relationships with other experts and saying, hey, these are ideas that they can bring to the table for you. And really just being able to keep that community aspect which is so crucial to why it's successful. So I'll talk about that in a second. But, um, yeah, I think just bringing them into that and saying, hey, Mm -hmm. you know, as Aaron alluded to earlier, like we see in you, we believe in you, we are in your corner for the long haul. Mm -hmm. And so they get to be a part of that coalition. And, um, you know, an aspect of that is, you know, it's great to be on these Zoom calls with these young leaders, but it's so much better when we get to meet them in person. Totally. Yes. And so a huge piece that we're trying to implement with this and we're doing it this summer is we're having a summer experience for all of our participants yeah, who've gone wild. through the program. We're bringing them together. Amazing. We're going to encourage them. We're going to, you know, throw fire or throw yeah. wood on the fire that yeah. they're, you know, just passionate about. And we're just going to kind of. Bring them all together Great. and introduce one another. Yeah, and, that's, awesome. yeah that's, that's gonna be something so, that we're looking so forward to. Exciting. Yes. I, yeah, I, I am so excited about the summer event. Okay, for our um 
listeners who right now they're like, oh, I know someone that I want to get connected to Jendi. Or, wow, I'm so passionate about this generation. I'd love to know more about this ministry, how I can support it, how I can get connected. Um, Hannah, just tell us, or Aaron, tell us, yeah. like how do how do people get involved? Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. So, generationsync.com is the place to go with all the information. But I would say, if you're the parent of a young leader, mm-hmm. if you are a young adult pastor, if you mm-hmm. are a grandparent or a teacher, or you know, you live on the same block as some. 19, 20 year old who is asking that question, I don't know mm-hmm. what to do with my life. Mm-hmm. Or the, there's so much passion in them, but you can tell they're, they're kind of wavering yeah. a little bit or they're just yeah. unsure of what to do next. Or or maybe they just graduated college and they realize they don't want to use the degree that they graduated mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, there's just, there's just, there's passion there. Mm-hmm. There's natural leadership. There's just no action. Yeah. That's exactly who this is created for. Mm-hmm. And so we have a, another cohort that's starting in September. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so this is a great time. Mm-hmm. Um, you can you text the link to them and it's designed the website to speak to the young leader. So it's going to speak right to them. It's going to show them mm-hmm. how they can Perfect. get more information. They can even tell them to find us on Instagram and you'll mm-hmm. earn way more points. At Generation Distinct. Um, but for those of you who might be interested in supporting it or saying, hey, I, I want to help make it possible for a young leader yeah. go, to go through this. Yeah. Um, we have a spot on our website where you can partner with us. You can even give if you'd be so inclined. And we do scholarships. And a lot of our young leaders have come into our program mm-hmm. through scholarships. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And one of our young leaders is actually now a cohort facilitator that Patrick has trained. And she's yeah. impacting others. And she was only able mm-hmm. to do it in the first place because she was scholarship. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. the scholarships really do make a huge impact. Yeah. Um, and so if you want a scholarship, you can go to generationsync.com and you can find the, the give button um, to partner with us in yeah. that way. Also, last thing, if you're a church leader, yeah. we also partner with local churches yeah. mm-hmm. and we have a really great strategy for how to integrate the local church community into the Generation Sync community. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So if you're interested in that, you can also reach okay. out. There's a church partnerships page on our website. Fill okay. out the form and our team will get back in okay. touch with you. That's yeah. Awesome. And I was just going to say to add to that, Hannah kind of touched on it, but the whole parent thing. Um, I'm not a parent of a next-gen <laughs> leader yet, uh, one day. But one thing I think that is really key that Generation Distinct does, it helps uncover your passion and what you feel called to. Mm-hmm. And I think with some next-gen leaders, I think maybe there is maybe a tension with parents and um, the kids that they're raising up. Yeah, with, totally. Hey, my son or daughter feels called to something, but within maybe the college um, realm, they mm. may feel like they're a misfit. Yeah, And so I think mm. what Generation Distinct really does, it creates a safe place for young leaders mm. to figure that out yeah. mm-hmm. and to maybe dream together with yeah. other like-minded leaders that may not know what they feel mm-hmm. called to yet. Yeah. And so I think there's a huge win with even Generation Distinct coming alongside of parents and saying like, hey, how do we help you but also your kid thrive yeah. um, in this season. That's awesome. Then also too, like we save, you know, we could save the parents if they're paying for school or even the kid, you know, if they're yeah. paying for college, um, maybe a, a couple grand, you know? So yeah, yeah it's, it's, I think it's a huge win. So, Erin, um, I actually want to ask you a question, kind of thinking about that, like thinking about this next generation and the future. And you mentioned college. Um, a lot of what 
I would say we're hearing about the next generation are things like, you know, this is the, they're the nuns or the ums mm. or they're mm. all deconstructing or they're walking yeah. away from church totally. I know some of that is true. Yes. Right. Um, I, I feel like I hear you guys telling a different story that's more hopeful mm. about the next mm-hmm. generation. Can you, um, I guess, speak to some of the, some of the desires and the wants that you're Mm. seeing that may look a little different than what we're hearing or the story that's being told. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So I think to, if we're here, we have to get there. Right. Mm -hmm. So defining where we're at is key to the future of where we're headed. Yeah. And so I think to play to that point is we have to know what the here is to get there. And I think if we look at the here as, this generation is the ums or the mm-hmm. um, the maybes or yeah. walking away or deconstructing. We can either say, well, that is all bad. Mm-hmm. Or we could say is where, um, as one of my mentors used to say, where's the gold in the garbage mm-hmm. with that statement. And okay. so if we find the gold or access the gold, like maybe we could get there one day. That's good. And so I think when it comes down to the next generation, the next generation is multifaceted. They're multi-passionate. They grew up on YouTube. Um, they may not have a formal education, but they're from a worldview perspective. They're they're pretty well educated yeah. on specific topics. Yeah. And so I think when it comes down to the future of the That's church, good. it gets me really excited and hopeful because the next generation, if we invite them into the future of it, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Hannah and I talk about this a lot, um, but. Even from an executive standpoint, we can run executive meetings all day, try to brainstorm and ideate and then try Mm -hmm. something and it fails. Mm -hmm. Or we could say, hey, let's invite a next gen leader into an executive meeting and and have them talk about where we could innovate. And um, I think it's really a hopeful conversation, Mm -hmm. I think, for the future of the church. And maybe it's... um, one that is filled with passions and desires yeah. and uh, creatively um, flourishing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I yeah. think where the future of the church is headed is a place of creativity mm-hmm. and, and seeing like um, maybe not everyone is an artist, yeah. but everyone is creative. Yeah. Yeah. And so if we can access the creativity within each next gen leader, I think we could mm. find a place that actually is beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I think you're mm-hmm. exactly right, Aaron. That's so good. Thank you so much for that. You're all three millennials. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm in a room full of millennials right now, which is very actually exciting to me. <laughs> but what's interesting to me is these millennials are mentoring Gen Z and mm-hmm. some Gen I or all Gen Z. Mostly Gen Z. Mostly yeah. Gen Z. Yeah, because okay. Gen Gen Alpha, Gen yeah. whatever they want to be called, they have <laughs> what they choose. Yeah. Um, I think they go up to, what is it, 12 yet? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Okay, I thought it was, I thought it was, anyway, it doesn't really matter. That's not yeah. the point. We'll see. The point is that now <laughs> there's a younger generation yes. uh, mentoring mm-hmm. a younger mm-hmm. younger generation. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the millennials are no longer the ones that people are like, right. oh, those millennials, like, right. oh, Gen Z. So <laughs> right. talk to us about Patrick. We'll start with you. Yeah. What does it look like? I mean, maybe describe Gen Z. Is it that different from millennials? And then what does mentoring look like? It's good. So for me, um, I don't know. Personally, I don't necessarily get so caught up in like the millennials, Gen Z, all of that. I just kind of like, okay, I'm just going to approach this person as a person. Yeah, that's so good. (laughs) And just kind of be like, okay, hey, what are they thinking about? Mm -hmm. Where Mm -hmm. are they living? Like, Mm -hmm. um, 
So just trying to really make it personal for them. Yeah. Um, and me just saying, hey, let me step outside of my scope, my experiences, mm-hmm. and just into what they are experiencing. Yeah. And so, you know, I would say that there's, you know, just kind of a lot of the normal questions, mm-hmm. I would say, that they're just maybe asking slightly different. Yeah. Um, I'm trying funny. to think of an example off the top of my head, but... Um, I would just say from the mentoring aspect to it, um, the aspect of just saying, hey, let me know your name. Mm-hmm. Let me just kind of get to know where you live, yeah. um, what your family is like, yeah. all of that. Just kind of get into those levels before you can really get into the, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, now I understand you a little bit more. Yeah. Um, so not just taking them at face value. Mm-hmm. Um, so being a young adult pastor and a youth pastor, mm-hmm. I would say a lot of the conversations that I have um, really come down to me asking the right questions That's and good. just taking the time to That's consistently great. ask wow. question after question after question, so getting to this place of like, okay, hey, yes, there's something more here. Mm-hmm. Um, and from my experience, they're just very shy and letting that out. Yeah. Right. And they just kind of hold that really close to the chest. Yeah. And it's not until you build trust, mm-hmm. as it is with any mentorship, right. with any relationship, it's not until you really build trust. Right. And they're like, okay, hey, like, I know this guy now. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I know who he is. Yeah. He shared his story with me, his faults, his, mm-hmm. you know, mistakes, yes. his victories and everything. Mm-hmm. And that now I can really talk to him. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, yeah, I would say that's kind of my experience with mentorship in terms of the next generation yeah. is that it's yeah. really just about asking the right questions mm-hmm. um, and asking okay. multiple like quantities of questions. Yeah. You know? I feel like that right there, asking questions, is like the key to right. discipleship, evangelism, friendship, mm-hmm. yeah, community. Right? Yeah. And people don't know how to ask questions. Yes. Yeah. So I'm telling you, like it sounds so simple, but yeah. it is like a... Mm. Profound what yes. you're saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ask mm-hmm. good questions and keep asking them. Yes. Mm-hmm. Ask them in a different way. Ask them, mm-hmm. mirror the answer back. Like that stuff yes. is so, yeah. so great. phenomenal. I yeah. love yeah. That you guys are doing that. What about you, Aaron? Yeah, I think with the next generation, which is so cool, is um, they believe in authenticity so mm-hmm. much. Unpack that because I feel like authenticity is a word we hear thrown yes. out, uh, thrown yeah. around a lot. Gen X would be like, all we want is authenticity. Right. What do you mean by that specifically for yeah. the next gen? Yeah, yeah, I think the next generation is asking um, uh, a question across their whole generation is what is beautiful? Mm-hmm. And so when it comes down to what is beautiful, I think it's living an authentic life that is beautiful mm-hmm. and yeah. and i think what's yeah. really key with the next generation which i'm so excited about is being a leader yeah. that is authentic to his core right. and none mm-hmm. nothing else mm-hmm. because i think when i mean we've seen this in our program when we are just authentically us and mm-hmm. authentically who god has created us to be and yeah. not yeah. um so-and-so who I aspire to be or so-and-so like I wish I could be, but Mm. I'm Aaron Barnett that is uh, called to uh, live out my purpose and to help young leaders flourish. Um, I think we see a generation rising up that really believes in an authentic 
um, generation, an authentic leader generation. Yeah. And so they want to see it across like all things, mm. like when it comes down to the music we listen to, like when it comes down to how we speak to them, to yeah. how we ask great mm-hmm. questions, right. to um, how we handle when it comes down to um, our own marriage yeah. or in mm-hmm. our own way of leading and yeah. the ways that we haven't gotten it right and the ways yeah. that maybe we could ask to grow or mm-hmm. to um, like, could you be more authentic when I ask you a question mm-hmm. about like, hey, how do I improve as a leader? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and when I disarm them and create a climate of safety, mm-hmm. um, I think we can actually see authenticity flourish. Yeah. yeah. Great. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. good. Absolutely. Kana, I, what about you? Yeah, I do think that's true. I think um, authenticity can sometimes, and I think maybe in p- previous generations, it was be authentic to whoever you want to be. Yeah. Whereas I think we're seeing so many leaders now who've fallen because they were whoever they wanted to be. 100%. And I think Gen Z is saying, I want you to be authentically good. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I want to know that there's not any secrets yeah. that I'm going to find okay. out. Right? right. Like, I want wow. transparency. Wow. Yep. I think. Um, wow. I think that matters more than just, you know, this authentic to whoever you, you want to be, be. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Which, express yourself no matter right. what it looks like yeah right yeah. this Good. this general goodness mm. I, it seems you know now people define it different way but a general justice a general equality a general care for human beings mm-hmm. tends to be something mm. that they care about and that can be good or again everything can be used for good right. or evil right so i think then it's up to us as their mentors to encourage the things that look like Jesus within them already, yeah. right? And yeah. so for us to model what it looks like, mm. to show them our lives, to try yeah. and be as transparent as mm-hmm. possible, to try and invite young leaders into our home. I mean, we just had a young yeah. leader in our, our place, you know, last night. And yeah. we're trying to model. I said, Aaron, do you want to just hang out with them? It's a young guy. And he said, no, I want us both there. I want mm-hmm. him to see how we interact and be around each other. That's and great. Um, Patrick does such an amazing job as a local pastor. I mean, these young people, they know him. They know his kids. They Mm. watch him parent. And Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. I think whether it's in Generation Distinct or just in our personal lives as leaders, um, if we want to see the next generation come back to church, we just have to be transparent. Our uh, listeners are wondering that. What do we do? How do we... How do we actually do something about the next generation and for the next generation? Yes. You know, I think we overcomplicate this. In a lot of ways. And and I think for good reasons, right? Because we're trying so hard and mm. and we really want it. And I just see so many organizations, they they spend so much money to mm-hmm. have these mm-hmm. people that come in and train them and, and tell them all the secrets of what it means to grow younger and help the next generation. And yet so often when you look around at the rooms and the teams mm. trying to reach the next generation... They have none of the next generation in the room (laughs) or in the spaces. And so So what what we have seen um, is that often we're the young people, right? Whether at our churches or in Mm -hmm. organizations or in communities that are brought into spaces to be the young person. And so because of that, I mean, all of our staff are in their 20s and 30s, our entire team. Now, our board, don't worry, we have... You know, wise experience here that are overseeing what we do. Um, but it would be tempting to believe that because we are considered young by others, we're off the hook for that. We can mm-hmm. make decisions ourselves. We can figure out what, what mm-hmm. even younger people want. But instead of doing that, we have said, 
No, we are going to still invite even the next generation into our conversation. Mm-hmm. So, for example, this is, you know, very fresh. This is a real part of our culture. You know, we're, we're thinking about, you know, adding some more content to um, offer to some of our cohort graduates to give them even more resources to continue to grow in their leadership. And we're talking to different people about it. And and as we're going on the conversation, we just said to the organization that wanted to partner with, partner with us, well, hey, we could just make a decision or... What we would like to do is we would like to bring some yeah. of our cohort members oh, into this so conversation mm-hmm. and see if they actually want this. Mm-hmm. And so right before we came over to the studio, Aaron and I were literally finishing up a meeting. We were on Zoom with the organization that wants to partner with us yeah. and four of our cohort members nice. saying, do you guys actually want this? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. tell us what you think. Yeah. Well, how would this impact you? Yeah. And so yeah. let's not make this decision right. for you. Exactly. But actually That's so exactly. So yeah. even as a 27 year old leader, I recognize I'm not a 17 year old leader. Yeah. I'm not a 21 year old yeah. leader. And I don't want to speak for mm-hmm. a generation that I'm not. I'd right. rather invite right. them into the process mm-hmm. and their buy in will be completely different because they were invited yeah. in. So yeah. I think that's that's one place to start. Yeah. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think from a multiplication standpoint, I used to run small groups at my church. Yeah. And I'm like, man, what if we created every small group to feel like it's its own church within a church? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, a lot of churches or organizations, nonprofit businesses, they have values, they have mission statements. Yeah. So I'm like, hey, why don't we just reduplicate the whole process yeah. within, mm-hmm. within this small group? And... I think what I have found when it comes down to reaching the next generation and empowering them and what to do, it's mm. elevating their voice. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so wow. I uh, distinctly remember uh, a couple moments along my leadership journey. I mean, re- really recently there was a next-gen leader. He was probably 19. Um, and I asked him, what, what is the difference between camp ministry and church ministry? Mm-hmm. And he was like, man, I get a... I get to kind of turn off at camp. I get a, there's no, um, there's no like earn your front or earn yeah. your way in with yeah. uh, senior leadership at, at, um, at camp. Well, in church, mm. it's like my youth pastor tells me invite my friends, but I don't even really know my youth pastor. So why would I invite my wow. friends? So yes. he's like, there's yes. just this 3d barrier between wow. the youth pastor and the people sitting in the, wow in the pews. And so mm-hmm. I just took that to heart of like, hey, how do we take the people that are sitting in the way back, mm-hmm. maybe the pews that um, mm-hmm. a young gun comes in and wants to be unnoticed and yeah. give him a place sooner to lead wow. Come on. by asking mm-hmm. him what is his, what is his perspective of mm-hmm. our youth group? What is his, what is his perspective of our, our, our small mm-hmm. group? What is yeah. your perspective of our church? And so I think it's mm-hmm. really key when it comes down to the next generation is how do we create a place where they can add value? And yeah. Patrick, mm. maybe you can speak to this, but I, I think that's a really healthy thing for leaders to do, Aaron. But that's intimidating and scary. Mm. And you don't see a lot of leaders doing that, like inviting. Yeah. Um, I don't even want to say you're asking for criticism, but inviting voices in because yes. what if it's different than what you want or what mm. if it, right. And so there's not a lot of leaders, I think, that, that are humble enough to do what you're saying. Yeah. Um, mm. So what's the question I'm necessarily asking? How, how do leaders grow in that? Yeah, that's good. And Ooh. you're a, you're a youth pastor and a young adult pastor. Yes. So <laughs> particularly, how do you do that? Yeah. So for me, um, I mean, it all stems from humility. Mm. At some point you have yeah. to realize this isn't about me. Yeah. This is about God. This is about Come the on, work that he's trying to do in people's lives. And if I can't lower myself to be able mm. to have a conversation to open mm. up those communication lanes, yep. yeah. you know, um, 
I think there's a lot of times uh, just kind of the picture I was thinking of as you were talking about this is it's like you have a four lane highway of communication with Mm. the next generation and yet you're blocking three of the lanes because Mm. you're not going to allow yourself to be humble. You're not going to allow yourself to be open. You're not going to allow yourself like allow them to speak into you. And so for me, I've been a part like the small groups that I lead. Mm -hmm. um, I open myself up to, hey, you challenge me, you know, like this is a safe place for you to say, hey, Patrick, I think you're wrong in this, Mm -hmm. or I think you need to like think about this or for them to pray for me so that it really is. um, And I don't know, I might get some flack from this if you have any pastors that listen, but like (laughs) when I'm, we have like a lot of pastors. Okay. So, but as I'm, you know, having these conversations, I kind of just take the pastor hat off and I'm Mm -hmm. like, hey, I'm here with you. That's I'm a so follower good. of Jesus with you, yeah. and I care about you enough to take my hat off to yeah. say, hey, I want to hear your heart. And yeah. because I want to hear your heart, I'm not going to mm-hmm. ask for you to share your heart and me not do the same. Yeah. Right. Wow. And so I'll be vulnerable, yeah. and yeah. I'll set the example yeah. and say, hey, this is what like this is what I'm dealing with. Mm-hmm. This is where my head's at. Like I had a terrible week this mm-hmm. week, and you know, oh, I didn't do my devotional time today. Mm-hmm. Like I will open myself up yeah, to that, that's which then brings to that place of authenticity. Brings yeah. to that place of like, okay, hey, we're all on this journey together. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And what's really, if I can add to that, yeah, too, yeah. the the next generation they they have a place to lead or use their voice on all these secular platforms like right. TikTok and Instagram. Yeah. And I believe the church needs to be innovative and creative enough yeah. that elevates the voices of young leaders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so if there's secular platforms that are doing it. I believe the church should be front runners when it comes down to creativity and elevating the voices of of the of young leaders mm-hmm. and the yeah. and the people that God is intentionally and um, loving and uh, cares about His sheep. Come and on. so I feel like uh, we have a mandate and a responsibility to um, to them as as senior leadership to elevate their voice. Come My on. question, just a follow up question, Aaron, because you've talked about creativity, you've talked about the church kind of being the front runner. And I do think you're right. That's part of our mandate as Christians yeah. is to um, co-create with God. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, sometimes I feel like at least what I have seen is it becomes derivative work. Like the church like follows so behind yeah. culture that it just looks like mm. a, like a yeah. cheesy version of what right. culture is yeah. doing. So how do we get to where Christians are actually at the forefront of creating mm. something good. beautiful and new? And <laughs> Wow, that's such a great question. Um, that's a really big t- context question to maybe break down. Yeah, and we can keep talking yeah. about that, but... G- Take a step. Yeah, I, ju- <laughs> I think one thing that we have to be leaders uh, to draw back to uh, being a follower of Jesus is I think we're great at creating machines mm-hmm. and plug and play models of ministry. Yeah. But I think what we need to do better is be great at listening and mm-hmm. listen to the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, if we really so want to see the future of the church be innovative, I think the, the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit wants to speak to yeah. take his bride to a place that he's yeah. coming back for. Yeah. But we have to be willing to adopt listening and listening to the right voice yes. so we can maybe innovate for the future of the yeah. church. Oh, that's so good. good. So good, Aaron. Thanks so much for that. I just sprung a big question. You answered it so beautifully. <laughs> Thank you. 
you know, you're you're doing anytime anyone is doing ministry period. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. it's hard. Yes, mm-hmm. right. Anytime yes. you're in a position of leadership, it's hard. And mm-hmm. there's of course joy and there's inspiration and you see God doing incredible things. We've heard about some of the things God is doing mm-hmm. through the next generation, through Generation Distinct. I think the reality is there's a um, a question of how do you keep going, mm-hmm. right? How do you endure both mm-hmm. in church ministry, passion yeah. for you because you're doing double duty, and mm-hmm. also in this ministry, you know, yep. parachurch ministry. Yeah. So, and Hannah, we'll just start with you. How do you find the wherewithal to keep? I mean, it's ten <laughs> years now, even mm-hmm. though you've launched Generation to seek just a year and a half ago publicly. Yeah. Ten years of your heart and soul have gone into this. How do you find the wherewithal to keep going? Yeah, it's interesting. I think there's two perspectives on this conversation. One is, yeah, ministry is really hard. And mm-hmm. I think any time that you you tap into what God has called you to do and created you for, there's going to be the, the challenge of opposition that's going to come against mm-hmm. you because you're so in line with God's will for your life. Mm-hmm. There's also going mm-hmm. to be the struggle of, when you open yourself out up to invest in people, they are going to need things from you. Mm-hmm. And that is the hardest part of discipleship, I think, is is the the reality that it's it's a lot of investment mm-hmm. to be in somebody's life. Yeah. And um essentially what we're doing is we're scaling a mentorship program like if you really boil it down. Right, right. You know, and right. so it's a lot of output. It's a lot of our leaders being in the next generation. And then just personally, like I'm a personal follower of Jesus, which means there's mandates on my life of discipleship and loving my neighbor and being present in my community. And so all of it can get very exhausting for sure. But the other perspective, and, um, you know, I've been reflecting on this a lot lately. My, my dad, you know, grew up in a, a completely different environment than I did. He grew up with a single mom who raised seven kids, fought hard to not, have any of them go into the foster care system. Mm-hmm. Um, she was just a fiery, she's still alive. She's just so full of joy, just passionate woman that kept yeah. her kids together when the her husband, you know, left after he was, you know, an abusive alcoholic presence, mm-hmm. you know, in the beginning. And so that's that was my dad's experience. And he mm-hmm. didn't find Jesus until in his, you know, late 20s, early yeah. 30s. And so sometimes when I get so consumed with the challenges of ministry, I think about people like my grandma, mm. who mm. was a single mom working the night shift at a restaurant, coming home, putting change on the counter, and seeing what she could feed to her seven kids that night. Wow. Mm. And wow. it just reminds me that, yes, there are challenges of ministry, but there are a lot of people doing really hard things. Yeah. yeah. And... Wow. It's an honor mm-hmm. to make the kinds of sacrifices we get to make mm-hmm. because we're still doing the things that we get are called to, yeah. right? Like there's so many people that that are that are struggling, and so I think actually um, not getting too impressed with our sacrifice, mm-hmm. I totally. think, is a really healthy thing, mm-hmm. right? Wow. Um, reminding ourselves of the followers of Jesus who are building churches in third world mm-hmm. developing yeah. countries and. Mm-hmm experiencing persecution Mm -hmm. and um, I just think it's good for us to widen our perspective. So I think that really helps me. That's one part of it. Um, And the other part is I tell us people a lot, having people who also aren't impressed by my sacrifice Mm. around me, right? Like people like you. So those listening, if you don't know, Aubrey's actually been my mentor for about 
seven, eight years now. It's crazy. Um, which is crazy. I mean, around your kitchen table, so many hours mm-hmm. and coffee shops wow. and just, mm-hmm. you know, being in your life. And you were never amping me up because you were impressed by me or um, giving me a false sense of who I was. Yeah. You were pointing me back to Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. My my closest group of, of girls, I have a small group. Then I ha- also have this core group of girls. We, mm-hmm. we literally call each other our core team. And those are two women that they are not impressed by me and yeah. they will tell me when I mess up and they will yeah, challenge so me good. and they will point me to Jesus. And mm-hmm. I mean, then also having young women that I disciple in my community, mm-hmm. they're definitely not impressed by me. Yeah. Like They don't think I'm that cool. Yeah. I, I might go speak at a conference and have young women that think I'm really cool mm-hmm. speaker. And then I get home and I'm, you know, in my sweatpants at my apartment mm-hmm. with wet hair after getting out of the shower and having these young women in my house yeah. and they don't care that yeah. where mm-hmm. I was. All they care is, you know, I want to spend time Are with you, you and yeah. am I there for them? Yeah. And will you maybe pay for my coffee because they don't have money? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? so, True. Um, I, wow. I think it's just really yeah. important to have these different circles of people in your life yeah. that aren't overly impressed by you, yeah. that are there for you, that support you, but give you space to just mm-hmm. be a normal follower of Jesus, stumbling, trying, mm-hmm. working, and um, ultimately just trying to follow Jesus. Yeah, so mm-hmm. good. So yeah, healthy, Hannah. Great. What about you, Aaron? Yeah, I think I'll make this real quick. I think when it comes down to endurance, I think to be real and honest and transparent and authentic, I think the hardest part for me with leading us alongside of these incredible leaders with Generation Instinct is having such a big dream, but then maybe not having the resources mm. to mm. Um, give a leader their dream. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like, God, like... And that's why it's a God dream, because mm-hmm. I need God to actually step mm-hmm. in yeah. the gap for me. But I think for that of where I am versus where I would desire to be, mm-hmm. that's a real thing and a real yeah. tension I think I feel every day with yeah. Generation Distinct. It's definitely a hard part of ministry, but I'm yeah. reminded and of, um, I wanted to read this real quick, Philippians chapter 3, straining toward the goal, verse 12, it says, Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Amen. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. But one thing I do is forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold to what is true for mm. what we have attained. And I think that's just so good when it comes down to remembering our why. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we have to strain forward, yep. uh, strain forward because, you know, Christ has made me his yes. own. Yeah. Oh, it's so good, Aaron. What about you, Patrick? Yeah, I would say, you know, for me, um, growing up, my dad always taught me, he's like, it's not about you. And being an only child, when the possibility mm. is for it to all be about you, it was <laughs> so... It was such a crucial lesson that I needed Mm. to know. And so there are so many times, even now in ministry, where it's like Mm. when you have young adults over to the house, like multiple times a week, and you've got youth that you're, Mm, you know, trying to mentor and, you know, you're trying to get on these calls with, you know, people who are participating in the program Mm -hmm. and, um, it just really gets to this place where it's like, okay, God, what about me? 
Like, yeah. I, I need something. Like, yes. give me a break. Give me, mm-hmm. like, God, I can't do this anymore. Or, mm-hmm. um, God, you got to make this easier mm-hmm. on me somehow. Mm-hmm. And well, as if, you know, God owes that to me because he doesn't. <laughs> right. So mm-hmm. uh, really just this idea of, like, it's That's not great. about me. Yeah. And at some point, I just have to lay my life down. Yeah. And my mm-hmm. wife and I have that conversation all the time where it's like, okay, yes, this is going to be hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we know we have to do it. Yeah. It's beautiful. And that, wow. you know, power of perspective of just saying hey jesus gave everything yeah. mm-hmm. the least i could do is give a friday night right Come the on. least i could do so is give you know an hour of my time yeah it's so leader. i mean that's what I, I think about kevin and i remind each other of this all the time like we think about paul's talking about preaching but he's talking about preaching in chains and we think yeah jesus the call mm-hmm. is like to wow. come and die right, right? it's right. not right. Yeah. this idea that ministry is like come and like you build your platform yes. and it's gonna flourish and it's gonna be the yeah. it's like no 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 the call is to come and die the call yes. is to preach in chains the call is wow. to yeah. sacrifice wow. everything for jesus 100%. and and not that that means we're constantly berating ourselves right. there's grace and there's favor and there's goodness mm-hmm. but i think mm-hmm. that posture of sacrifice yes. and humility mm-hmm. is so good yeah. for longevity when it yeah. comes to ministry so thank you all for yeah. opening up and being vulnerable about yeah. your own your own seasons of how you keep going in the middle mm-hmm. of this one thing that we have we sort of have like touched on but not really and Aaron, i want to put you on the spot mm-hmm. here because you're in the heart of church planting Mm -hmm. you uh work with exponential which is a church planting mega guru organization (laughs) yoda of church planting thank you that's what it says on the website yeah Yeah. (laughs) um but i also want to talk about the future of the church yeah so um what what does the future of the church look like Mm, (laughs) such a great question um i think that's probably would be a different answer for a lot of different people, yeah. mm-hmm. um, which is great. The church isn't a one-size kind of yeah. fit all yeah. for the future. Yep. But I think when it comes down to the future of the church, um, even from an exponential standpoint, I mean, we invest into microchurch and metaverse church. Mm-hmm. We're looking into and um, Generation Next and mm-hmm. um, what is a healthy church. Yeah. So we're looking into just church next and building healthy churches mm-hmm. and whatnot and Um, My friend Myron Pierce heads a a lot of that up. But I think when it comes down to the future of the church, one thing that gets me really excited is we have uh, what we've been talking about is a future generation that's super passionate Mm -hmm. um, about a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. And so I think when it comes down to the future of the church, it's going to be one word that God really has impressed on me this year is to be an architect. Hmm. and um, an architect of what people care about, an architect of people's language, an architect with how people carry themselves. Hmm. Um, And I think when it comes down to the future of the church, if we can be architects of the next generation, what they care about. Hmm. Um, And I think we're going to build a church that has a lot of different things, Mm -hmm. Um, that there's not a one-size-fit-all. But, like, how do we adopt a church that... um, Runs healthy businesses, runs mm-hmm. healthy nonprofits, or mm-hmm. launches nonprofits, or yeah. launch businesses. Yeah. And so, I think when it comes down to the future of the church, from um, Han and I, we 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 feel like a a big call to plant a church in the city of Chicago. Mm-hmm. And so, we feel called to really be a church that is a sending church. Yeah. That um, to listen to the ideas and the dreams of the heart of the people and mm-hmm. and send yeah. them into the atmosphere. And so, we're really excited. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's I think the future of the exciting. church is bright. It's awesome. 
And Patrick, you're on staff at a church right now. What's yes. the name of the church? Rock Church in Rockford. Rock Church in Rockford, and appropriately named. Yes. <laughs> and um, what you know, I, Aaron, Aaron, I love you're talking about like different expressions mm-hmm. of the church. Mm-hmm. I think that is just right on. Um, what as, as you're leading the next generation, like what do you feel like the future of mm-hmm. the church looks like? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I just, I, I don't know. I'm just drawn to homes. And I think for me, just the way I have my young adult group structured right now is they just come and they meet in my house. Yep. And, you know, even when I'm on Instagram, I'm always drawn to these groups of people that are just in a house and like just mm. praise and worship is filling the house. Wow. And I just okay. kind of get this, you know, like community, more neighborhood focused. Yep. Not necessarily yeah. like, oh, here are our four walls, mm-hmm. and like let's just bring mm-hmm. people into these four walls because mm-hmm. the answers are here. Yeah. yeah, more of like, okay, hey, no, we've equipped people to be the church. So you know, my pastor he said this. He's like, we want to equip people to be pastors of their block yeah. and pastors of their neighborhood. Yeah, and um, that's so good. Really, just equipping. You know, for me, it's the youth. Like, okay, how can you be a pastor at your school? How can you be a pastor at your lunch table? How can you be a pastor at your workplace, you know, as you're working against or working with, you know, alongside these, you know, other high schoolers or even young adults as they're, you know, in college and things along those lines. Like there's this you are called to make disciples Mm -hmm. and we need to make sure we're doing our part to equip them to do so. Yeah. 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 That's good. Wow. Hannah, what do you I mean, you know, Aaron just said you two feel called to plant a church. In the city of Chicago, what 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 does that look like? Yeah, you know, I think the exciting thing is that we don't know for sure, mm-hmm. and I, I really am grateful for the work of Exponential and Aaron working for them has been just really great. You know, we get to be a part of what they're doing, yeah. and, and they're a phenomenal mm-hmm. organization. Yeah. They're so yeah. fantastic, and they've they've really invested in Generation Distinct. They mm-hmm. um, have partnered with us. They really believe in what mm-hmm. we're doing, which has been incredible. The leaders mm-hmm. are just amazing mm-hmm. at Exponential. Um, but I've been inspired hearing about how many different kinds of church expressions they're discussing and unpacking and and dreaming up. Mm-hmm. And this idea that it doesn't have to be a certain structure for yeah. it to work, yeah. right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it can look different yeah. in every mm-hmm. community, yeah. in yeah. every area, yeah. um, has, has been really exciting for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and my church background is interesting. I say I was a mega church kid gone right, <laughs> which is interesting yeah. at this mm-hmm. point in our world, strangely mm-hmm. enough. But I actually loved my mega church experience yeah. in a lot of ways. Nothing's perfect, but yep. there were some really great parts of it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I fell in love with Jesus there. Yeah. And that's that's the main thing. Yeah. right? And I got totally. to use my well, skills and I was discipled there and totally. I my passions were unleashed there. And then when I was 16, I left and I literally was part of a core team to plant a church with 50 people in a cafeteria. (laughs) And so I got to see kind of these radical different parts of what the church could look Mm -hmm. like. And the cool thing is it felt like the same Jesus. And that I think is what actually matters. Mm -hmm. Um, However, I do think that one thing, especially at least in our context in the city of Chicago, and this is true of generation distinct, you know, we're, we're essentially 
Um, we we sometimes say that we position ourselves as the older sibling of the next generation mm. and kind of the bridge between the next generation and the local church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So sometimes the next generation is mm-hmm. not totally ready to go back to church yes. yet. Right. And so we're saying, you know how you have that cool older figure in your life that whatever they like to do, mm-hmm. you also like to do it right. too. Right. Mm-hmm. We're saying, okay, what if we were that person mm-hmm. that we got the next generation to trust us and then we were to say, hey, we love that you're experiencing transformation, but like here's the deal we love church yeah even even in its brokenness we love what the church is as the mm-hmm. bride of christ yeah. um and so let's build it together and so mm-hmm. inviting them to fall in love with the church because we're saying it's okay like yeah. she's she's beautiful yeah even if the world sometimes doesn't get it yeah. right yeah. um but i think one thing we have seen that we do in order to build that trust is by talking about the things that the next generation is talking about mm-hmm and I think we can unpack that more in a little bit. But if yes. we as the local church are are not addressing the real mm-hmm. things facing the next generation, yeah. Yeah. I, I think we're going to very yeah. quickly continue even to be a little bit um, distanced yeah. or feel like this weird other world. Yeah. When they walk into church, they hear nothing about the culture that they find themselves yeah. swimming in every day. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think the kind of church we want to create is very similar to the heart of Generation yep. Distinct and the heart of everything yep. we do, where it's, yep. hey, let's speak the language of the next generation and help them see the Jesus um, that has always been right there yeah. that yeah. wants to guide them through that whole thing. I think this is something we, we started, Aaron, you started to bring up off air, was there are some things that I would say the the current generation, I include myself in this, um, although I do think Kevin and I are willing to dive into these uh, mm-hmm. conversations quite a bit, yes, even you more are. so than some of our peers. Mm-hmm. Um, there are things that current church leaders are really afraid to touch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say issues around um, sexuality and gender identity, issues yeah. around racism, issues yeah. around sexism. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Just maybe because we don't know or maybe because we're so unwilling to even mm-hmm. like consider a different thing than we grew up with. Yeah. It's really, really difficult for church leaders to know what to mm. say and what yeah. to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, we can actually, this is a long conversation. We yeah. can keep talking about what, just with a couple of minutes we have left. Do you have advice for church leaders, like specifically language, Aaron, you brought that up. How can, hmm church leaders in this day and age get better at addressing some of the things that the next generation is talking mm. about Wow! without totally just turning them off. Mm. Yeah. Cause I think that's what happens. Right. Yeah. I, I think specific language, it comes down to being in circles to learn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I recently was at uh, a good friend, his name's Daniel Yang. Respect mm-hmm. him so much. Love the leader that he is. He and his wife are some of our besties. Yeah. We love the Yangs. Respect yeah. them so much. But he actually created a whole room um, of leaders. I think there was like 40 people in that room or something mm-hmm. to learn from different people of sexual orientation to um, to their experience of life, to where they've come from, where they've been brought up, what happened in their past. Mm -hmm. And it was a open conversation for all of us to learn. And I think Mm -hmm. when it comes down to language of how do we get it right, we, we can get it right by just saying like, you know, Patrick talked about earlier is taking the 
heartbeat of Jesus and just being like, how do I learn from you? How mm. do I, yeah. how do I sit with you in this? Like, yeah. how do I, how, how do I get educated through mm-hmm. this? Like help right. me understand, mm-hmm. help me learn from you. How do we empathize? I think mm-hmm. some of the language is, is, is found in the key component of empathy. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. I think that's a great starting place. Thanks so much for being with us, you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Such it's an, an honor. honor. Thanks for having us. Truly. We've got, um, we, we've saved the most complicated controversial conversation for the last like seven <laughs> minutes, partly because we, we're going to like say wow. some things and then we're going to be done, right? <laughs> the, the, there's nothing else from there. Send it. Yeah, exactly. Hit send, move on. Um, but one of the things that we began talking about was how if we're going to impact the next generation, we have to be willing to talk about the things that yes. they're willing to talk about. And some of those things are a little bit trickier for mm-hmm. some of us in church leadership yes. to talk about. Yes. Specifically around gender identity, sexual identity. I would yeah. say there's even a generation that's really struggling with like pronoun use like they're mm-hmm. like won't even won't even go there you yeah. know and yeah. and the question i guess is but if we want to impact the next generation right. how can we be people who won't even go there like that's right. not a stance you can actually have right. and build bridges yeah so yeah. we don't need to build a treatise on like <laughs> sexuality or identity here but you yeah. were just saying some things off air patrick about sort of your posture mm-hmm. in how to minister mm-hmm. through some of these hard things can you talk about yeah, that a little bit absolutely well i think you know there's that statement that's pretty common that's like hey you can have the right answer but if you can't say it correctly or the context is not the correct context you can still be wrong And I think for a lot of leaders, you know, especially being a pastor, it's like, okay, I know what I believe to be true. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean the person I'm talking to has the same context as I do. It's it's similar to like how when we read the Bible, like that's in a different context. And we have to make sure we put ourselves in that context to understand it. And so for me, I just I've recently had the opportunity to have a conversation, you know, with a young man who was calling our church and he was saying, hey, what are your views Mm -hmm. on same-sex marriage Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, what what would we experience Mm -hmm. if we came to your church? Mm -hmm. And I was like, kind of, he had called, left a message, and so I'm like trying to call back (laughs) and I'm, you know, rubbing my forehead being like, I don't know how to like approach Mm -hmm. this guy. And I really felt like I just put in my heart don't answer his question, come mm-hmm. back with a different question. Yeah. Wow. And so in the conversation, he was like, hey, what are we going to experience? And I just turned it around. And I just said, what are you looking for? Mm-hmm. What are you looking for in a church? Like, yeah. what is it you are hoping to do? And he just said, well, I just I really feel like I am called to like minister to youth who mm-hmm. are alone, yeah. who mm-hmm. don't have somebody in their corner. And I yeah. want to be in the corner of somebody. And yeah. so it's like in my mind, I'm like, okay. Most likely, you know, this is my experience with Gen D is like a lot of the times Mm -hmm. the things we're passionate about, it's because we didn't have them. You know, that's why I love Gen D is because I didn't Mm -hmm. have a vision for my life. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't want anybody else to be like that. And so it was in this process that I'm like, okay, hey, this guy, he's got to have been in a spot where he was alone. He didn't have anybody to talk to, anybody to process things with, and at least not authentically. And so he started to kind of position himself Mm -hmm. in the way that he did and pursue the lifestyle that he chose to Mm -hmm. pursue. And I think, you know, for me, it was just a matter of like, okay, hey, I don't want to focus so much on that as much as like, I'm going to leave that to God 
and the Holy mm, Spirit yeah. as far as yeah. lifestyle and all of that. But as a church, we're going to point people to Jesus and we're going to yes. say, hey, we're all trying to live like Jesus and yeah. model after his lifestyle. Yeah. And mm-hmm. as a church, we're going to teach you biblical principles mm-hmm. and we're going to go into the, all of that with the hope of being like, okay, hey, if this is something God has called him to do, mm-hmm. as we're working with him on that, the Holy Spirit can work with him on his identity. Yeah. The Holy Spirit can work with him on his relationships and yeah. all of that. And you know, so I, I haven't had the opportunity to talk with him again, yeah. but, you know, that was just my approach. And it was like, OK, I've got to ask the right question here, mm-hmm. because if we keep asking the wrong questions, we can't get to the real heart yep. of things. Yeah. And then we're going to give a bunch of answers that might be right, but they're not the answers that are needed. Yes, right. that's so mm-hmm. good. In evangelism, we call it the question behind the question. Yeah. Yeah. You have to ask people like, why do you ask mm-hmm. right. to find out what their story is and what their pain point yeah. is in order yes. to find out like what's really being asked mm-hmm. here? Yeah, because it's never that. That initial question. Exactly. Right. Absolutely. Born of something else. Yes. Right. Right. Yes. And Jesus so was Patrick. so good at that. So good. I mean, that. he was so brilliant at entering right into the middle of culture and not um, shaming people, but rather inviting them yeah. into something. And he also, from my perspective, never tried to work against culture, Mm. but instead simply invited people to discover the truth behind maybe what culture was doing. Right. Mm -hmm. So he would say, the world says this, Mm -hmm. but I say this. Mm -hmm. And it was never a a, a shameful Mm -hmm. expression, but it was rather there is this view, but I have this abundance. I don't even put on top Mm -hmm. of it. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times what I sometimes am afraid of why we're leaving the next generation behind in the church is because the church is so afraid that culture is getting them that we're, we're taking shots at culture instead of saying we don't even need Mm -hmm. to do that. Like, why are we so busy fighting off an enemy that's Mm -hmm. already been defeated? Mm -hmm. Right? Like, God already has the final word. Yeah. All we get to do is talk about the greatest news that has ever existed mm-hmm. and believe that because it's so beautiful, we don't need to be its marketing. Like all yeah. we get yeah. to do is live into who Jesus really yeah. was and the next generation will come flocking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one thing, you know, this this conversation about sexual identity and, and gender, I mean, it's, it's like a lot of the controversial issues right now. It's the race conversation. Yeah. It's yeah. the um, political conversation. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's all of it. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes I, 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 it's all under the umbrella, right, of, I think, justice and equality. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and exactly right. when I, um, I, there was a season where I was really struggling with this conversation. Mm-hmm. And it was right around the time when um, news was breaking about a fresh wave of um, making it harder for refugees to come into our country. And mm-hmm. I, I have a deep passion and heart for for refugees and immigrants in the country world refugee day today by the way yes yes exactly and so um i I was really discouraged by that and i remember waking up seeing the news and going outside with my bible and just wondering god do you have anything to say about Mm. this because i'm so frustrated Mm. um and i opened it to the old testament and it was jeremiah and again, I was like, this is Old Testament. Where, what am I going to find here? Yeah. And in Jeremiah 22, literally, I, this has never happened, I don't think, in my life. But it was one of those days where you open it up Love and it's just exactly yeah. what you needed. Mm-hmm. And Jeremiah 22, and it, it talks this whole passage about um, 
these people who try and build their big palaces mm. and how they're they're trying to create it to be show showy and it's on mm. the back of of people who are working hard to build it and 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 it's abusing the 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 um the poor and the oppressed and and it's ostracizing the foreigner and then it contrasts it and says, but my father, he always did what was right and just, and all yeah, things amen. went well with him. And it says then, um, for isn't this what it means to know me, declares the Lord. That's oh, so, so mm-hmm. good. Wow. Hey, it has been an absolute pleasure being joined by the three of you today. I'll be back again tomorrow without Brian from 4 to 6 p.m. For Hannah, Aaron, and Patrick of Generation Distinct, I'm Aubrey Sampson, and you've been listening to The Common Good. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.